Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by sharing and showing the love of Christ and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now, here is this week's message from Pastor Floyd Hughes. Amen. Uh, so if you have your Bible, open it up to 1 John chapter 4, but I'm going to put some verses, last two verses from 1 John chapter 3 up on the screen. And while I say that, let me say this, that when John wrote this, uh, the Bible wasn't broken down into chapters, right? So we're looking at the last two verses of chapter 3, and they're not separate from chapter 4. They actually set the stage for what he's going to talk about in chapter 4. So turn to 1 John chapter 4, but let me put these two verses up. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 23, it says this. It says, and this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Now, first and foremost, you're going to hear that over and over again this morning, love one another, right? Because he, he's going to reiterate that. But this is, this is what John says God's command is, right? To believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he, God, commands us. Now, if you look at throughout the Bible and other verses, uh, we're told that what Jesus wants us to do is to believe in, love, and obey God the Father. What John tells us is what God wants us to do is believe in, love, and obey God the Son. And there is relationship, this relationship between them, where they're each asking us to believe in, trust in, and love the other. And it's a, like a, a, a pattern for the way that we're supposed to operate with one another. And then it, we're told in the next verse that God gives us the Holy Spirit in order to do it. Because he says, the one who keeps God's commands lives in him, in God, and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. And I've had this conversation with multiple people who uh, will say something like, I used to be a Christian, but then I found out that that's not true and God doesn't exist. So I left Christianity, and I will say, well, hey, time out, because being a Christian doesn't mean you came to church. For two weeks, 22 years, doesn't matter. Being a Christian, according to the Bible, means that you stepped across the line of faith, but then God put his Holy Spirit in you. And if God put his Holy Spirit in you, and you experienced that, how can you turn around and say, that didn't happen and it's fake? And then they get mad at me for questioning their Christianity, and then I show them the verses that says, hey, God puts his Holy Spirit in us. Now, the same people that say that today, they were saying that in John's day. They were saying, well, it's impossible for a human being to have a spirit in them. And they were using that to say, therefore, Jesus Christ was just a man. He was not God in the flesh. And so John says these verses, and he talks about this to set up what we're about to read in 1 John chapter 4. So if you have a Bible, open it up to 1 John chapter 4. And in 1 John chapter 4, this is what John writes, starting in verse 1. He says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, 
to see whether they are from God. And that word test means to examine or scrutinize. It's the same word they would use for examining like gold to see if it's real because it's a precious metal. Or diamonds to see if they're real because they're valuable. And so John says, hey, we should do the same thing to test and evaluate and scrutinize what we're being told about the word of God to make sure that it's real, right? So he says, test to see whether they're from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, I don't think we really grasp how important that is. And even though we said that's one of the main themes over and over and over again, he talks about false prophets, false teachings, and the importance of being able to validate what is actually coming out of the word of God. Because that's one of the criticisms that people have about the church, right? How can I believe the word of God when there's all these different denominations who say it means something different? That's why don't believe what the denominations say. Don't believe what the pastors say. Go read it for yourself. That's why sometimes, yeah, I'll put the verses up on screen, but sometimes I ask you guys, open it, read it along with me, so you can see I'm not making this stuff up. This isn't like, you know, stuff I'm just making up out of my head. It's stuff that's written in God's Word, right? So then he says this, verse 2. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. Then he says, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is now is already in the world. Antichrist meaning not the big A Antichrist who's going to be in, you know, the book of Revelation, that Antichrist. But Antichrist meaning the spiritual forces that are opposed to Jesus because he says they're already there in his day. Right? And then he says, you, dear children, are from God, and you have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Now, he says, you have overcome them, these false spirits, these false teachers, all of this stuff, right? because of the Holy Spirit in you and what should be the case because you have good, solid biblical teaching like you guys do. Right? Somebody say amen. Yeah, okay, all right. I know, I need to be humble too. I'm working on that too. But here's the thing. This is how important this verse is, right? How important it is that we understand, right, that even though there's false teachers and false stuff in there, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, God gives us his Holy Spirit to help discern that. So I'm going to put that same verse up in two different versions, and they don't conflict with one another. They actually mesh perfectly together. So in the amplified version... Uh, This is what it says, little children, you are of God, you belong to him, and have already defeated and overcome them, the agents of the Antichrist, because he who lives in you is greater or mightier than he who is in the world. So he's, uh, the the Amplified Version kind of expounds and says, hey, because of God's Holy Spirit in us, we don't have to worry about succumbing to false teaching and the lies, because we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, God's Holy Spirit will come up and say, hey, that thing that he just said, that's not right. That, that, that's not in my word. Go look it up for yourself. Right? But here's the thing. In the complete Jewish Bible version, which is kind of like the, the version based on the language of that day, how they would have received it, uh, here's how it reads. Almost similar. You children are from God and have overcome the false prophets. 
In other words, it looks and it says the them, the, 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 the false spirits and false things, those are the false prophets of the day. The same false teachers that are around today, the same false prophets that were going in and telling the people in that day that, hey, Jesus wasn't really God in the flesh, right? So drop down to verse 7. He says, dear friends, let us love one another. Again, you're going to hear that over and over. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God. And where it says everyone who loves, it doesn't mean everyone who's capable of love. Because people that don't know God are capable of loving people, right? But everyone who loves the way that God asks us to love, unconditionally, without hate, loving your brother, that kind of love can only come from God. Right? Whoever does not love in that way does not know God because God is love. Now, he's about to go into this, this, this great theological sentence, and I love because John takes these great theological things, breaks them down into plain everyday language. Right? Verse 9 says this, This is how God showed his love among us, not to us, but among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world, that we might live through him. And not just live like breathing air, but live like Jesus said. So we might be live, uh, live free from sin and live life to the full. And verse 10, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And he says, dear friends, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. And then he says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Now, really quick, we, we, he, he says that, hey, the only people that really love that way are the people from God. And he says, this is how you can know what, what love is, when you see people love one another in that way, right? And I'll, I'll give you an example, because Christy and I have had this conversation, because you guys know we have crypto, little dog crypto, and sometimes I'm like, I really, because you can't, you know, dogs can't speak. I wonder if, if he's really happy with us or is he just content because he's got a place to sleep and food. Because there's no way to know if a dog really loves you, right? Because they're, I mean, yes, their tail wags up and down when you come home, but their tail wags up and down when they see a squirrel. Not the same thing, Right? But then, uh, and I've noticed this before, but I didn't really pay attention until recently because of this message, Um, because when we have dinner, there's only just the two of us, so maybe once or twice a month we actually sit at the dining room table. Normally it's like, hey, we'll just grab a plate of food and we'll head into the living room. And Christy went in, and she had her plate of food, and she set it down on the couch, and she said, oh, I forgot, I forgot what she forgot, her drink, water, napkins, whatever, and she said, you know, watch crypto. And I'm like, I'm sitting here with a plate of food on my lap. He's got four legs. No matter what, if he wants your plate of food, it's his. He's going to get to it way before I can, right? And so she put her, her plate down, and I watched. He saw the food, but he looked and followed her. And as she walked out of the room... His tail went down, like, oh, she's leaving me. And in my head, I thought, one, oh, that is so cool. He really loves her. But then I also thought, dude, there's pizza right there. Like, what is wrong with you? But then it, it, I was like, he really loves her. That's for him. For me, too. But for him, she was more important than, like, food that he could obviously get to. 
quicker than I. And sometimes we don't think, but that's the way that we're supposed to love other people, where we put them above all these other things that we put in our life. Now, he says this. He says that no one has ever, like, seen God, right? But when they see the way that we love one another, that's how they get to experience, here's what God must be like. But instead, if they see the way that we hate one another, then they also think, hmm, is that what your God is like? Right? I'm going to put this last verse up on the screen. In verse 20, it says this. It says, if anyone says, anyone says, I love God and hates detests or abominates his brother in Christ, he is a liar. But yet, I've seen this, and you guys have seen this too, uh, the videos that have gone viral where there's some pastor standing on a stage and he's villainized some sin, whether it be sexuality or this, that, and the other, and yelling about how he hates those people and they need to be dead and this, that, and the other, and it, it breaks my heart because I hear a whole audience of people clapping and saying amen to the hate that's coming out of his mouth. Wrapped up in what's supposed to be the truth of God's word, displaying anything but the love of Christ, right? But he says, hey, if you say that you hate your brother in Christ, that you're a liar. For if he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. It doesn't make sense, and that's why the world sees what we do, and they hear us say we love God. They hear us sing songs about the love of God. They see us put the posts on and wear the T-shirts, but then they also see us hate one another with a passion. And they're like, I'm not buying it. I don't believe what you guys are saying. Now, here's this, here's this, here's this. I'm going to ask you guys to, uh, to do this in a minute, but uh, let me say this. Over, 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 and over. John, we, talk, we just read through it a couple of times where John says, love your brother, right? Over and over, Peter, Paul, John, almost every book in the New Testament, love your brother. Throughout the Old Testament, the prophets and, and whatever, love one another, love one another, love one another, love one another. From beginning to end throughout the Bible, it says love one another. So what do you think the church should be known for if we are claiming, hey, this is the word of God that we are following. We should be known for loving one another, right? That should be blatant because it's from beginning to end. So here, here, let's do this. Let's do this. Pop quiz. This one's easier than all of them because this is an open book pop quiz. Anyone remember the open book test, right? Am I the only one that thought that like, okay, that I don't know if they're asking me to cheat or what because the question says like, what is the answer to this question? See page 22. You turn to page 22, here's the answer to that question. And I'm like, are they asking me to cheat or whatever? And then when you get the test back and you're like, I got a B minus, how can you? It's open book. I wrote what the, anyway, all right. This is an open book test, but not the Bible because that would be way too easy. But this is even easier. If you have a smartphone, take out your smartphone. Take it out now, right? And when I tell you to, don't do it yet, but when I tell you to, I want you to Google these phrases, okay? So Google, look up church in the news or church in America or Christianity in the news 
or Christianity in America. So go ahead and start looking those up. If you're watching online at home, go ahead, look that up, uh, look it up as well. Uh, you guys at home are probably already digging into it. But here's the thing. When you Google, unless it's changed since when I did this almost every day last week, right, unless it's changed, when you Google church in the news or church in America or Christianity in the news or Christianity in America, nothing about loving one another comes up. What comes up are cases of abuse, investigations for fraud, um, maybe some articles about hate, or, or this is my favorite one. What comes up are the mega churches, because they pay so that their names come up at the top. And maybe, maybe, if you scroll down a couple of pages, be careful what you click on, because I don't want you getting emails for the rest of your life about, here's how you can grow your church or whatever. But uh, maybe if you scroll down maybe five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten pages, you might find an article about, look at this amazing thing that the church has done, maybe show love to a community or to an individual. But the first several thousand things that come up are about abuse, investigations for wrongdoing, uh, child abuse, uh, misappropriation of funds, or someone who's paid to have their church name come up at the top. And here's the reality. Uh, as the band comes up, here, here, here's the reality. Those articles and things that you see come up, the people that don't know God, they see those as well. And to them, it's not just a picture of, hey, the church in America or Christianity in America. To them, it's a picture of, this is what your God looks like. Abuse, hatred, misappropriation of funds, and wrongdoing, or paid advertisements. That's how they see God. Even though, as we just read over and over and over, love one another, love one another, love one another. And if we want to change the way the world sees the church, then we have to do different. We have to be different. And I'm not criticizing anything that's been done or the way it's been done for the last decades, generations, or whatever. But if the result is what we see when we Google it, that's not right. Because that's not the God we serve. So we have to do extra work to overcome all the hate and abuse and wrongdoing to show, well, here is who he is to me. He's the God who healed me. He's the God who loved me. He's the God who, when I was in emotional distress, he was there for me and comforted me. He's the God who showed up when I had no financial resources, but I didn't miss a meal. He's the God who sent his son to die for me as a sign to show me how much he loves me. So I'm going to ask you guys to stand. God, we know that there is so much information out there, and people will believe what they want to, no matter what it comes to, whether it comes to about the government, uh, conspiracy theories, or, or about you. 
But we pray, we pray that we would be extra uh, assertive, not to the point of beating people over the head, but extra assertive in changing the false narrative about who God is and being able to show people truly who you are. The God who loves us. The God who sent his son to die for us. The God who will never leave us nor forsake us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you did, please leave a comment on our webpage, crossroadsofjeffersonhills.com, or our Facebook page. You can also join our Sunday celebration every Sunday at 1037 a.m. We look forward to hearing from you online or in person. Thank you and God bless.